Hey, welcome. Welcome into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. Here we go again with another episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, great to great to have you um, uh, tuned in today. You know, this is actually episode 34. I think last week we started out saying it was episode 34, and then we quickly found out, hey, this is episode 33. Now, this, my friends, is episode 34. In episode 33, I talked about my favorite uh, number 33s, like uh, Enrique uh, Crumbs with the Southern Steam, my dad who wore number 33 when he played college basketball at Florida Southern. And, uh, you know, I think I left a number, I think I left a number 33 out. I, I think I left James Stewart out, the former Jacksonville Jaguars running back. And, you know, he was, uh, you know, part of that early uh, draft class. And uh, James Littleman Stewart wore number 33. And I've got to put James Stewart in there because I know there was a game. And, you know, we're kind of doing this impromptu as we as we do this podcast, which is episode 34. We're kind of rehashing number 33. And, by the way, I don't want to uh, leave out Tommy Durrance, former running back uh, with the Florida Gators back in the uh, early 1970s, late 1960s, early 1970s. He wore number 33. He also played some professional football with the Jacksonville Sharks, of the old outdoor world football league uh, back around 1974. So Tommy Durrance uh, wearing number 33 at the University of Florida, a special place in my heart, that number 33. My dad wore 33. You know, I, I found these photos of my dad um, like a, a day before he passed away. And uh, I never knew he wore number 33 at Florida Southern. He didn't talk much about his uh, his basketball days at Florida Southern. We talked a lot of sports in um, in in my time with Dad. But um, I, I was I was really happy to get some photos of Dad. That there was actually some photos of my dad I saw like a day before he passed away that I had never seen before, and I do have those photos. So you know, great great memories and. And um, um, still sad that my dad passed away, but um, you know how those things go. But number 33, Tommy Durrance, University of Florida running back, early 1970s, late 1960s. He was really part of the team that I first started following when I started following Florida Gator football around 1970, lifetime of Florida Gator football, right? Uh, so Tommy Durrance, number 33, and Ricky Crooms with the Southern Steam. He plays for the Southern Steam now and wears number 33. My dad wore number 33 at Florida Southern when he played basketball. And, again, I don't want to forget, and I had forgot him last time, James Little Man Stewart. And, you know, I know that James Little Man Stewart, I got to put him down as one of my favorite number 33s because there was actually a game where he scored, I believe it was five touchdowns. And what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm checking, I'm checking on this now who scored the most touchdown and touchdowns in Jaguars football history. After all, this is the teal shirt report podcast, right? So I know that in the early days of the Jaguars, I know James Stewart had a game 
and you know he's obviously not thinking of he's not think thought of in the same breath as say Fred Taylor, uh, Maurice Jones Drew, probably the the two best running backs in Jacksonville Jaguars history. I mean James Robinson stepped up as running back last year and got a thousand yards in thirteen games for the Jaguars. He had a little injury problem the last you know uh, month of the season or so, but. Let me take a look here. Well, Maurice Jones-Drew is the career leader of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what it says here, 81 touchdowns. Mm. Okay. Now, obviously, James Stewart. James Stewart had five touchdowns in a game. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure if... Uh, that may be a record. I'm going to check on that during this podcast. But I know in the mid to late 90s, James Stewart, while James Littleman Stewart, who played his college ball at Tennessee, I know he had one game where he scored five touchdowns with the Jaguars. And we're going to check on that to see if that's the record for one game. And we will do that today on this podcast. My name is Scott. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we're listened to in as many as 32 states across the United States. We're worldwide, international, you know, in a lot of places, Northern Ireland, uh, Newport, Wales, UK, Andy Powers, a special shout out to you. Uh, we're listened to in Australia, Germany, Canada, Quebec. I think we're in like uh, both sides of Canada now, the West Coast of Canada. Got some listeners over there and uh, way over there on the Western part of Canada now, too. So thank you for listening, whether you're. Uh, listening in the United States or somewhere else in the world. Thank you for listening. I'm assuming everybody that's listening understands English, and that's that's a great thing. We, we've got listeners in Hong Kong. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, and, of course, again, Montreal, Quebec, uh, Puerto Rico, France. Uh, um, probably, probably our biggest pocket of listeners internationally is probably Northern Ireland. The uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast is being brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest way, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. It really is with all the great creation tools that Anchor has at Anchor.fm. You know, as I record this podcast in the what they call the Anchor Studios, when you go into Anchor on my laptop, it says Anchor by Spotify. I think that about the time I started the podcast, I believe Spotify had acquired Anchor. So now, and, and over time, they've made some gradual changes and some improvements and enhancements for Anchor.fm. But uh, it is officially Anchor's known as Anchor by Spotify now, as I understand it. At least that's what it says in, in my creation tool uh, studios area when I'm doing the podcast on anchor.fm. So again, anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to do a podcast. Want to thank Saucerility, my good friend, Larry Saucer. Man, it's been over a month since he and I have had lunch together. We're going to have to set something up. He and I like to, you know, either go um, get spaghetti or pizza or um, seafood. Uh, Larry loves to eat some good seafood. So do I. So we will get together soon. He's one of my great sponsors at BigJReport.com and, of course, the Till Shirt Report uh, podcast uh, that we do. And, and, again, officially, this is episode number 34 now. Uh, we were talking about our 33s because I did really want to add James Stewart to that. You know, we, we talked about Maurice Jones-Drew had all those touchdowns in his career. 
uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But number 33, James Stewart, I'm going to double check it, but I know he had a game where he scored five touchdowns in one game. I'm going to see if anybody had tied that or eclipsed that. So that's kind of my question to my myself today. The uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast listened to in as many as 32 states now. Again, we're sponsored by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty uh, for great, uh, you know, great real estate listings in North Florida. Um, Larry Saucer and the folks at Saucer Realty have home residential listings of property, homes that's uh, in North Florida. Of course, uh, home residential. They even have commercial and business listings, too. If you'd like to click on the link for Saucerility, it's simple. Go to BigJReport.com. Scroll down on our homepage, uh, way past some of our video and podcast stuff, and you'll find the North Florida weather information. About halfway through the North Florida weather information, which we update you know, 24-7 on there, uh, you can see what the weather is for North Florida right there on our homepage at BigJReport.com. But also in the weather information, about halfway through the weather, you'll find a link for Saucerility in our 24-7 North Florida weather. So I want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucerility here in North Florida. Also, LakeUfallahits.com, where it's all good. Great internet radio, rock Saturdays. Uh, during the week, they have hits, uh, 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. And otherwise, they've got great recognizable hits all the time at LakeUfallahits.com, where it's all good. Great internet radio. And, of course, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. And we appreciate you listening to the Teal Shirt uh, Report podcast. We're also going to get into a lot of stuff with Urban Meyer. I'll tell you what, the the stuff that came out about DJ Chark, about how Urban said, had told DJ Chark, hey, you're a big player, but you're playing small. So DJ Chark says he kind of took that to heart. He's put on about, what, seven pounds of muscle or something? I mean, the guy's already fast. I could tell you Tom Coughlin drafted him because Tom Coughlin used to hit the stopwatch and all the combines. He wanted that speed DJ had, the 4-3-40 speed that DJ Shark had. Now, if he adds strength and power to his game as well, could DJ Shark? I mean, he's a good receiver. He's a B-plus receiver trying to become an A receiver in the NFL. But could he become something more? Could, could DJ Shark perhaps become as good as, say, a Jerry Rice in the future? I think that's what Urban Meyer is trying to pull out of DJ Chark as we move ahead into the 2021 NFL season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk more about all that right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Stay tuned. We'll talk also only, uh, well, not only the Jacksonville Jaguars, but North Florida Entertainment, indoor football. And we'll have some, uh, some of Alex Nunnery's uh, reports and interviews coming up. As well, whatever Alex has, wherever Alex has been. I know Alex was at the baseball tournament in Gainesville. It didn't go well for Florida. Florida got eliminated. I mean, they got beat by by South Florida and South Alabama. Ooh, there was a there was a sixth inning for the Florida Gators baseball team where they gave up ten runs uh, to South Alabama. South Alabama, incidentally, they're called the Jaguars. The South Alabama Jaguars. They were the Jaguars long before the Jacksonville Jaguars were the Jaguars. Just a little fun fact. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We'll have more 
coming right up. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back in. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott, enjoying a cup of Maxwell House coffee. You know, they got the Maxwell House coffee plant, you know, right here in Jacksonville. In fact, I've parked across the street from the Maxwell House uh, coffee plant in that area, which, um, you know, that area in which they want to develop the Jaguars. And, of course, it was a press conference uh, two or three days ago last week. where um, Mark Lamping and, and Jaguars owner Sean Kahn, they've got new plans about putting a four seasons in, you know, motels, restaurants, uh, perhaps up high, high, high upgrade, um, you know, high-end uh, townhouses is what I'm trying to say, and development, probably more jobs certainly down there, right, with the new four seasons. However, Lot J was shot down by the Jacksonville City Council several, several months ago, but now they're concentrating the Jaguars at Mark Lamping and shotgun. They're concentrating on the, um, the shipyards area on the North bank. Will the Jacksonville city council approve their plans? Well, they're revamping the plans this time. It's, um, the shipyards area on the North bank. John Conn wants to see a Four Seasons uh, hotel uh, get here into Jacksonville. That'd probably be the, the first five-star hotel anywhere, almost anywhere around uh, downtown Jacksonville, right? So it's going to be interesting. But, you know, in, as time goes by, and whether it's, it's going to be a while, and they're trying to evolve it into upgrading the stadium, um, you know, certainly um, – more uh, practice area uh, for the Jaguars, more working space as well. It's going to be interesting, but they've got the plans. They're putting the plans together, and eventually the Jacksonville City Council will have to rule on the plans, uh, uh, you know, down at the old uh, shipyards on the North Bank. A lot of property down there, and again, Sean Kahn, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, would like to develop that property and like to be the one to do the developing along with his right-hand man, President Mark Lamping of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who he'll tell you, his boss is Sean Kahn. So I was looking up some information on uh, James Littleman Stewart, who wore number 33. And I did find some information. Now, what's funny is when I looked up stats, it seemed like they had season stats, career stats, but I couldn't really find whether this was a record or not. But here's an old story back in October 1997, October the 13th, 1997, uh, by the Associated Press. It started with the passing of Mark Brunel, a block punt, an interception, a fumble recovery. It always ended with a James with James Stewart in the end zone. James Littleman Stewart ran out of the shadow of Natron Means and into the company of uh, Jim Brown, rushing for five touchdowns. Back on, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of uh, kind of phrase this as past tense here. 
Uh, James Littleman Stewart rushing for five touchdowns uh, back on Sunday, October the 13th, as the Jacksonville Jaguars pounded Philadelphia. Boy, I just love saying that. The Jacksonville Jaguars pounded the Philadelphia Eagles in a 38 to 21 victory. And uh, Tom Coughlin even chimed in. James, James, uh, Littleman Stewart. Uh, Tom Coughlin chimed in and said, James certainly answered the call with his five touchdowns. Uh, heading into the first uh, three-game road stretch in team history, the Jaguars 5-1 and one finally showed they're capable of dominating a game with the biggest offensive line in the league, in the NFL, which included Tony Baselli, who should be in the Hall of Fame now, should have got in two years ago. James Stewart with five touchdowns. I don't know if that's the career record for a single game for the Jaguars. I'm going to look that up. If you look it up and know, you know, email me, scott at bigjreport.com. But a great memory in Jaguars history. I thought I would bring you on the Teal Shirt Report. So that's going to make me put James Stewart in my 33s as one of my favorite 33s. Boy, we got a growing list now. I've got um, this was going back to we talked about this in episode show number 33. I got Enrique uh, Crumbs, number 33, with the Southern Steam, hybrid linebacker, really puts on a show, calls himself Showtime sometimes. Um, Number 33, Enrique Crumbs with the Southern Steam. My dad, who wore number 33 with Florida Southern, Saw those pictures a day or two before my dad passed away, sadly. Um, Also, Tommy Durrance, the uh, Florida Gator running back in the late 60s and early 1970s, when I first became a fan of Florida Gator football at the college level. And so Tommy Durrance wore number 33, and he sadly passed away in his 50s uh, several years ago. I think it's been uh, since Tommy Durrance passed away. I want to say it's been close to what, maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years or more. So, and that's sad, of course. Um, and I give you a lifetime of Florida Gator football here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Now, we talk a lot of Jacksonville Jaguars football, but, you know, we talk about North Florida entertainment. I'll give you my feelings about a lot of things, but the 33s have got to be Enrique Crumbs with the Southern Steam. My, my dad, number 33, when he played college basketball at Florida Southern, and a Tommy Durrance, number 33 at the University of Florida, who played running back for Florida back in the late 60s and early 1970s when I first started following Florida Gator football as about a seven-year-old child, seven-year-old boy back around 1970. So, and then I'm going to have to add James Littleman Stewart to it, number, number 33. James Littleman Stewart. Now, Maurice Jones Drew, man, he had a great career with the Jaguars. Now he's now is is Maurice Jones Drew ever gonna make perhaps in the future make the pride of the Jaguars along with Mark Brunel, uh, Fred Taylor, Tony Baselli, Jimmy Smith, and Wayne Weaver? Maybe not, um, but eventually, yes. I would probably say yes. You know, we'll get them. It's gonna get full. It's gonna get full. But we just don't have a guy in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, which is kind of sad. So I got kind of curious, what was the number? Let's see, because I've been kind of on these number 33s. And sometimes I'll forget, I'll forget what a number, what a player wears number wise, especially if he hasn't played in a while, you know, such as Maurice Jones drew. Now Maurice Jones drew, um, was number 32. 
So we'll keep that in mind. Now, when we start a new season of the Tillshirt Report podcast, we start over with uh, episode number one in the new year. So we'll have a chance to uh, congratulate Maurice Jones-Drew in the future with his number 32. We're talking 33s today, but now we are actually in the episode uh, number 34 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. A little bit of uh, some notes, uh, a couple of notes I wanted to pass along to you. You know, we talked about Urban Meyer. I mean, elevating the game of current Jaguars players and future players as well. Tight end Tim Tebow could be a very important intangible for the Jaguars at tight end, you know, from the standpoint of uh, experience and wanting to be in Jacksonville, wanting to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got to think that this is probably one of Tim's biggest dreams to play for his hometown team. It's got to be right up there with uh, the Heisman Trophy, even the uh, national championships at Florida. That's how I feel because he's, he's a Jacksonville, Florida kid. He's got one of the hottest selling jerseys. And JC told me, one of our uh, freelance writers with BigJReport.com and one of our producers on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, he reported to me when when Tim Tebow first signed with the Jaguars here a few days ago that his jersey, number 85, became the hottest selling jersey in the NFL. Congratulations to Tim Tebow and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's pretty prestigious when you think about it. I don't know if Tim's still up there at number one, but... JC, do some checking. We'll have to update that. But pretty impressive the very first week that uh, these apparel companies are selling the jersey number 85, Tim Tebow, Jacksonville Jaguars. He he actually catapults to the top of the jersey sales in the NFL. So congratulations to Tim on that. So Tim, Tim Tebow is an intangible at tight end, and he's probably not going to be the first string tight end. That's probably going to be James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, James Shaughnessy, James O'Shaughnessy, right? That's his name, James O'Shaughnessy. And um, let's see, let's pull James up here, James O'Shaughnessy. Who um, The funny thing about James O'Shaughnessy, he was actually released by the Jaguars and then re-signed uh, several weeks ago. So James O'Shaughnessy is a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do remember that uh, O'Shaughnessy played for the New England Patriots and he was one of the last cuts of the Patriots several years ago, and the Jags, uh, you know, grabbed him on waivers. And um, he played his college football at Illinois State from 2010 to 2014 and um, almost made the team with the uh, Patriots, and he was, I believe, the last cut. He's the, he was the last cut for the Patriots, released, and the Jaguars signed him, you know, and that was, a few, you know, a few years ago. Um, I Another Jaguars note I wanted to pass along to you. It, it's a little bit of sadness in this, too. Aubrey Jones, who was with the Jaguars for, like, what, eight years from 2013? He signed as an undrafted free agent out of the University of Georgia, played with the Jaguars, you know, and I'm counting it up now. You know, heck, he played with the Jaguars for eight seasons. Now, the Jags have made some changes at, across the defensive front, and apparently Aubrey Jones didn't fit into the plan, so the Jags have not re-signed Aubrey Jones. And he ended up getting re-signed, or I should say, he ended up getting signed as a free agent by the Tennessee Titans. So he has gone to a rival uh, within the division. So I just wanted to throw that note in about Aubrey Jones. I mean, he put in eight hard, long years with the Jaguars. 
I mean, think about it. Aubrey Jones, man, he was, he was, he he goes all the way back to the early uh, Gus Bradley days when Gus Bradley was a coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So obviously Aubrey Jones saw the heights of the Jaguars in the playoffs in 2017 and the appearance in the AFC championship game against the Patriots that year. But he also saw in his eight years and, you know, his time with the Jaguars kind of paralleled Dave Codwell about the same timeline. So he saw one playoff appearance and out of eight years and seven losing seasons. He'll go to the Tennessee Titans now to play on their defensive line, I'm assuming, in their rotation. Because, you know, even before Aubrey Jones was released, we really didn't discuss Aubrey. Aubrey Jones, even before his uh, his release. I, I mean, I kind of hate to see him go, but you bring new players in, better players. You feel like you got a better roster, so you can't keep everybody. And, um, you know, instead of Aubrey maybe even getting cut by the Jaguars, maybe this was a good time that they did it. Aubrey's able to, you know, catch on with the Tennessee Titans. He's made a, he made a good amount of money in Jacksonville because, you know, he obviously, you know, signed some, some additional contracts to be around with the Jaguars for eight years. So that's some of the information we wanted to pass along to you today. Um, Again, a lot of excitement. One mentioned the playmakers again. We like to talk about the Jaguars playmakers. And uh, this has been an, a really big discussion on social media has been the fact that the Jags do have, you know, a lot more, it seems like a lot more playmakers now than they've had in the future. Of course, they've got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, as you know, was projected by NFL scouts to perhaps – um, you know, to perhaps actually, uh, he, the NFL scouts basically said if he had a played in the NFL last year, instead of playing at Clemson, he would have been a top 10 NFL quarterback. So after another year of experience, and it was a COVID year, of course, in, um, you know, 2020 in college football, as well as the NFL and all sports, um, we want to mention that, you know, you got to think that Trevor Lawrence is still projected as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL by most NFL scouts. And he's going to, I think, I think Trevor Lawrence is, is he, he can make the throws in the tight windows. I've looked at the film, the videos on Trevor. The great thing about Trevor is if you get in a third down and 15 situation, you're not going to dink and dunk, man. Trevor can hit that, that 15 to 25 yard pass play anywhere, anywhere. I mean, he hits those tight windows right in the middle of the field, completing that 15 to 25-yard pass play. Nobody in the Jaguars quarterback room, in my opinion, could do that last year. Uh, Gardner Minshew still the backup. I understand he did take a day off from practice. C.J. Beathard on the roster, probably the third-string quarterback, but a very close third string to Minshew. Right now, I would say Trevor Lawrence is number one, Minshew two. C.J. Beathard, three, and, of course, Jake Luton, four. And then you got always got emergency quarterback Tim Tebow. If you ever get into emergency, you run out of quarterbacks, that's the guy that would play quarterback without a doubt. So that's some of what's going on. As far as the playmakers, you know, and there was talk about Julio Jones. Would the Jags trade for Julio Jones? My goodness. I mean, I've got to, I've got to express my opinion here. Julio's 32. I think he's near the end. I think he's close to being done. He could have one more good season left in him. But why trade for Julio Jones when he got LaVisca Chenault going into his second year? LaVisca Chenault is probably the new 
Julio Jones. You got LaVisca Chennault. I like Marvin Jones. He's a B-plus receiver. You got DJ Chark and Marvin Jones is probably your starting wide receivers. LaVisca Chennault uh, perhaps is a number three guy. Knocking on the door, Colin Johnson, second-year guy out of Texas. Looks good around the red zone because he's about six foot five, six foot six. Running backs, you got you got James Robinson who, who got a thousand yards rushing in just thirteen games. His first thirteen games, he got a thousand yards rushing. Travis Etienne is coming in as a late first round draft pick. Carlos Hyde has been re-signed by the Jaguars. Those are your top three running backs at this juncture. Uh, the tight end room, James O'Shaughnessy. We talked about him earlier. Um, Luke Farrell, the fifth-round guy out of Ohio State. Chris Manhurts, primarily a blocking tight end that was signed in free agency. And Tim Tebow. I think those are probably your top top four guys. There's probably somebody I'm missing in that group. But among the playmakers, I got to say that the top three wide receivers in my mind are playmakers. LaVisca Chennault, Marvin Jones, DJ Chark. Uh, I'm going to say that Trevor Lawrence is a playmaker. I'm going to even, I'll say that James Robinson and Travis Etienne are playmakers. I'll even go out on a limb and say Tim Tebow is a playmaker. You may see Tim throw a pass or two each game out of the tight end position. Maybe not every game, but occasionally. Can you imagine if Tim Tebow from the tight end position throws a touchdown pass to somebody? Can you imagine the eruption at TIAA Bank Field uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida? It's going to be amazing. Looking forward to the 20. 21 season uh, here in Jacksonville as we, we follow and cover the Jaguars right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We got more coming up. Hey, this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. We're listening to it as, as many as you know, 32 states across the United States. We're international, Northern Ireland. Folks in Northern Ireland listening, the U.K., Newport, Wales. Uh, Want to say a special hello to Andy Powers listening in internationally. Hong Kong, hey, guys. Uh, also Montreal, Quebec. All over Canada, uh, Puerto Rico, France. You know, we're listening to internationally. And, of course, again, we're on as many as 32 states across the United States. We were talking about Julio Jones a moment ago. The It did come down on Sunday that Julio got traded. Finally, the much-talked-about wide receiver Julio Jones trade. Julio gets traded to the Tennessee Titans. Man, who's, who's paying that big salary? Is Atlanta still on the hook for some of that, or... I do know that they paid Julio Jones really good for five years, and I think they were tired of paying Julio the real big money. Julio's had some injuries. If you ever had Julio Jones in fantasy football over the last three years, Julio's got to frustrate you. You know, he doesn't always have a great game. He's, he's injury prone, and he might have one good year left in him. He's 32 now. I understand some draft picks, to, uh, some draft picks changed hands also. You know, I'm thinking the, you know, the Titans uh, got a high draft pick along with Julio, and then they traded a lower draft pick to the Falcons. I haven't seen the entire trade yet, but I'll take a look at that a little later today. But the official word came down late Sunday that it was uh, Julio Jones uh, to the Tennessee Titans from the Atlanta Falcons. And God, God bless him. But I'm going to tell you, 
covering the Jaguars. I'd, I'm, I'd rather see the Titans make that deal than the Jaguars. It's just my opinion. I would rather have LaVisca Chenault, the future of LaVisca Chenault, because there were actually rumors for a while that maybe, maybe the Jags would be trading Chenault to the Falcons for Julio, draft picks, or whatever the case may be. But I'm so glad the Jaguars did not trade for Julio Jones. I really am. That is my opinion. Julio's 32, might have one more good year left in him. And, um, you know, I, you know, obviously there's a much higher ceiling for a much younger player. What LaVisca Chenault's probably nine or ten years younger um, than Julio Jones. In fact, LaVisca may be the new Julio Jones. And LaVisca Chenault is presently probably the number three wide receiver for the Jaguars. DJ Chark and Marvin Jones, the top two guys. Uh, you got Colin Johnson and, of course, some other wide receivers. Um, Philip said if he makes the team, could be the fifth or sixth wide receiver. There's other guys, too. We'll go over the depth chart again on, on future podcasts. And things will be changing, too, as we, you know, now we're heading, going to be heading out of OTAs and, you know, into training camp soon. So there's going to be a lot of changing, some updating. We told you about Aubrey Jones, who um, he was not re-signed by the Jaguars and now is signed as a free agent with the Tennessee Titans, that uh, that dreaded rival in our AFC uh, South division. So we also want to talk about other area sports, North Florida Entertainment, uh, from David Martin, he did uh, pass along to us that the Panhandle Crusaders won their first-round playoff game over the Mobile 49ers, the Panhandle Crusaders 36, the Mobile 49ers 6, the final score. If you've been following the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, man, they're hot. They were really hot earlier in the season. Then they hit a little bit of a losing skit. I think they went on maybe, what, a four-game four game or so losing streak, and now they're winning again. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp on, um, let's see, on Saturday they defeated Gwinnett, and that would have been back on uh, Saturday, June the 5th. Jacksonville defeated Gwinnett 8-5 to up um, in Gwinnett County, and um, Jacksonville defeated Gwinnett 8-5. to uh, Eveld was the... Um, Eveld uh, was the winning pitcher uh, for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And Jay Sanchez hit his eighth home run of the year. That's right. Jay Sanchez hit his eighth home run of the year for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp in their 8-5 to victory over Gwinnett uh, back on Saturday night. That was a couple of days ago, back on Saturday night, uh, June the 5th. So as of Sunday, June the 6th in the morning, um, the Jumbo Shrimp 18-11 and playing in AAA now. It's exciting to have a AAA baseball team in Jacksonville, Florida. The Jacksonville Icemen ended their regular season with a winning record. Great season in their fourth year. They were probably one of the hottest hockey teams in the month of April and May throughout any level of hockey. Great things about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp also. Uh, starting tomorrow on June the 8th, the Jumbo Shrimp games in Jacksonville the capacity at the baseball grounds in Jacksonville, which the stadium has a new name now, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that too. Let me. We've we've got that mentioned uh, on our website too. If you go to BigJReport.com, but uh, what's interesting, you know, it's been known as the baseball grounds in in Jacksonville for a long, long time. But um, I will tell you that, and now you know, now they've got it. Uh, 
It's, it's the uh, Bank Financial Stadium now, right? Let's see. Let's see. the Jack. Oh, yes, the Jumbo Shrimp. They started out the season in early May with 45% capacity. They didn't start the season in April. They started in early May. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Games, um, they started the season in early May with 45% capacity to now a full 100% capacity beginning on June the 8th, which would be tomorrow at the baseball grounds uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, now known as 121 Financial Ballpark. So a lot of excitement with uh, Jumbo Shrimp AAA Baseball uh, here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to be talking SEC, you know, in the next few podcasts, too, with the, you know, the new season, the new college football season. It looks like the stadiums, you know, this season are going to be back up to near 100% just about everywhere, which uh, is going to be tremendously exciting. We've got our Georgia Bulldog um, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, uh, Max, who will be Mad Max, who will be giving us information on the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, I kind of give you my perspective, a lifetime of Florida Gator football. Alex Nunnery is a big Florida Gator guy. We also have our producer, JC, who's an expert on Alabama football and the Southeastern Conference Western Division. Is We can kind of handle the SEC East, but it's going to be a lot of fun uh, covering the SEC on our podcast here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast uh, here in 2021 as we kind of get back to, uh, you know, we kind of get back to some some normalcy, you might say. I will tell you that I think a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people that go to indoor football games, arena football games, I mean, the Jacksonville Sharks are going to play on June the 12th at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. On June the 12th, Saturday night, June the 12th, they'll be hosting the Orlando Predators. I understand the Columbus Georgia Lions have already started playing some games. The Sharks will finally open their season on June the 12th as the Jacksonville Sharks will host the Orlando Predators. And I do understand it's going to be near 100% capacity for the June 12th game as the Jacksonville Sharks host the Orlando Predators. The NAL season will be a little bit abbreviated this year. All the teams are playing an eight-game schedule, and then there will be two weeks of playoffs after the season. Playoffs, that's right. They're going to have two weeks of playoffs after the eight-game regular season. The playoffs, I understand, will take place uh, during the month of August. Speaking of indoor football, these guys have a, I mean, they have a love for the game. They play for the love of the game. And you can go to indoor football and it's much more than just one team playing another. I mean, these guys have become, they, they become characters on uh, social media. And to the people that go to the games, the people that follow the games, the players' families, the coaches. And uh, Enrique Crooms, number 33, one of my favorites, wears number 33 with the Southern Steam. Also, Big 99, George Bowen. My goodness, George Bowen has already had four safeties from his defensive line position. And, uh, hey, we're even going to hear from uh, George uh, Bowen this morning as we, we talk indoor football. I think George Bowen sent me a, a, a message clip. Let's hear that now from George Bowen, defensive lineman, number 99 for the Southern Steam. Hey, Scott. It's the big dog in the middle of the line, George Bowen, number 99, nose tackle, Southern Steam. You want to see a pack of pit bulls running after a quarterback? Come to any steam game in Jacksonville. All right? See y'all there. 
Okay, so you heard from the master of the defensive line, George Bowen, who got four safeties in two games. One of the games, he had three safeties in one game for the Southern Steam. The Southern Steam is 4-0. They've had victories over the Jacksonville Spartans. Uh, they had a forfeit win over the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets outdoor team. They were trying to play indoor football, and they, they couldn't put it together. They could not show up um, enough players to play. I don't even know if anybody showed up from the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets when they tried to play indoor football. But that was a victory credited to the Southern Steam second game of the season. So the Southern Steam beat the Jacksonville Spartans. I believe that game was, four, what, 46-22 to 22 over the Spartans. The uh, victory for the Steam over the Yellow Jackets, I think, officially went into the books as an 8 to nothing win for the Southern Steam over the Yellow Jackets, according to uh, Coach Bobby Damerel, who's also the owner of the Southern Steam. You know, then they had the big, crazy blowout win, 73-6 to over the Central Florida Bulls. And then uh, their last game, a little bit over a week ago, a little bit over a week ago, of course, they played the uh, Carolina Cowboys. Uh, that was an interesting game in which the Steam won. That one, Southern Steam 44, the Carolina Cowboys 12. So some exciting football. Talk about some of the players that play for the Southern Steam. Lavelle Blue who plays uh, defensive back, usually cornerback. He likes to play linebacker sometime too, Lavelle Blue. And we've interviewed Lavelle Blue on previous uh, and past Till Shirt Report podcast. So please go back to past podcast uh, that we've had officially. This is the 34th episode and show in season two. But if you go back to some of the, the past podcast, which is a great thing to do, you can listen to all the podcasts that we've had. We This is now our 34th episode and show uh, here in season number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We did 82 shows back in 2020. I think you can chronicle almost every episode. If you go back in, in all the episodes we have, you know, on anchor.fm, most of the current episode, just go to the website, bigjreport.com. Scroll the uh, homepage of the website, and you'll find our podcast, some of our video streams of Southern Steam football. And hey, the Southern Steam, they're 4 0. Now, over the past and due to the pandemic uh, last year, basically the Southern Steam played all their games at the Ison Sports Complex here in Jacksonville, all home games last year. And all of their games have been home games this year. Do again a lot, lot in part to the uh, COVID nineteen situation. However, the Southern Steam now going on a road trip. Their next two games will be on the road up in North Georgia. This week they will be playing the Peach State Cats, and that'll be uh, you know this coming uh, Saturday night. That'll be on uh, June the twelfth, Saturday night, as the Southern Steam will play the Peach State Cats up in Cummings, Cummings, Georgia. So good luck to the Southern Steam. They're 4-0, going for their fifth victory in a row. So good luck to the Southern Steam. All those fantastic players, you know, including um, Courtney Ballhawk Reese, who's been playing a lot of quarterback, Bodie Damerall, wide receiver, who's also Bobby Damerall's uh, uh, son. Bodie Damerall, wide receiver, has been with the Steam for several years. Um, of course, you know, we want to say hello to uh, Mr. Parks as well. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, number 33, you know, our favorite number, one of our, one of our favorite number 33s, of course. Um, and that, of course, 
is uh, number 33, Enrique Crumbs. Uh, Ella Smith also plays defensive line uh, for the Southern Steam. And man, he's 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 a big he's a big hoss that's hard to handle by the opposing offensive lines too playing defense. Uh, of course, for the uh, Southern Steam, if you will. And uh, so we, again, we want to um, you know we want to congratulate uh, the Southern Steam on getting off to that four. Hey, the Southern Steam four and O. Oh. We had a little internet blip there for a minute, as you know, you're dependent on the internet on these podcasts with the Tillshirt Report podcast. So, so again, we had a little um, little blip there, but the Southern Steam is 4-0. Thank you to George Bowen for that, uh, that great voice clip he sent us. And I do want to encourage uh, players, uh, coaches. Alex Nunry sends us a lot of messages. Of course, he's a uh, BigJReport.com sports reporter. Uh, we have many contributors out there. And, of course, freelance writer, uh, JC, who's also a producer of the Till Shirt Report podcast. So everybody's encouraged to send voice messages like George Bowen did and Alex Nunry does. And the Southern Steam is 4-0. They will be on the road for the first time this season. In fact, they were not on the road last year at all due to COVID-19 because about the only place, the only last summer, about the only place that was open for indoor football was the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville, Florida. So all the games, all the games, by the way, were home games. However, there's a break in that this Saturday night, April the 12th, the Southern Steam will play in Cumming, Georgia. There's no S on the end. It's Cumming, Georgia. I just looked it up on the map. They're up in North Florida. Uh, Cumming is a city in Forsyth uh, County, Georgia, uh, here in the United States. And that's where the Southern Steam will play the Peach State Cats. They will play the Peach State Cats up in uh, Cumming, Georgia. And uh, that will be this Saturday night, June the 12th. The same night, the Jacksonville Sharks open the National Arena League season uh, here in Jacksonville at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena as the Jacksonville Sharks will host the Orlando Predators in their first NAL game here in 2021. It'll be the first time the Sharks have played since 2019 because la- because last year in 2020, the only indoor football we got was at the Ice and Sports Complex with the Southern Steam. Those players are a lot of fun. You know, I you know talking about uh, some of the players – you know, that they do have on the team. Kent Garnett plays center for the Southern Steam. Of course, you heard from uh, George Bowen, uh, defensive lineman. Also, uh, Big Ellis Smith. As you know, Big Ellis Smith plays across a defensive line. He looks like he could be a tight end at even a higher level of football. But Ellis Smith, man, athletic ability, uh, played with the Tampa Bay Tornadoes. Now he's with the Southern Steam. That's Ellis Smith, also a friend of mine on uh, Facebook. Um, of course, I know the quarterback, you know, the quarterback, uh, Courtney Ballhawk Reese, I think he accounted for 11 touchdowns in two games, either running or passing all total about 11 touchdowns in two games. So, you know, I want to tell you, it's, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of people kind of find a really a love for indoor football. These guys are playing for the love of the game, whether it's the Jacksonville Sharks, the Southern Steam, our neighbors, 
in Columbus, Georgia with the Columbus, Georgia Lions or what have you. We talk indoor football, arena football, and, um, you know, even outdoor football, the semi-pro outdoor football, whether it's the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, um, the folks from the FCFL, St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, the Argyle Avengers. I do know that in the APDFL, the APDFL, they're having their playoffs now, and the APDFL, the Panhandle Crusaders, uh, defeated Mobile, Panhandle Crusaders 36, Mobile 49ers 6. They handled them very well, and the Panhandle Crusaders will be moving on to the second round of the APDFL Semi-Pro Outdoor Football Playoffs. And we get those reports uh, from David Martin, of course. So, you know, we enjoy indoor football, outdoor football. What was I telling somebody the other day? I, I love watching football, any kind of football. I love watching football, eating barbecue, and talking about football. And most people know that about me. So, so thank you for tuning in to, of course, the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast today. Um, we're also going to take a look at some of the North Florida entertainment. Of course, you know, arena football, indoor football is part of North Florida entertainment as well. Southern Steam traveling up to coming Georgia to North Georgia to play the Pete State Cats this Saturday night. Jacksonville Sharks will open the National Arena League season this Saturday night to a full full capacity. This Saturday night, June the 12th, the Jacksonville Sharks will open the season by hosting the Orlando Predators at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Southern Steam is 4-0 in the Elite Indoor Football League. And, of course, in the National Arena League, the Jacksonville Sharks will open their season hosting Orlando this Saturday night, June the 12th, uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. You know, as far as the concerts coming up, we still have to update more concerts because we've got some more we will be adding uh, to our reports, of course, at the BigJReport.com uh, neighbors page. Um, some of the concerts, let's see, they're coming up. Uh, Molly Hatchet was held back on May 28th a few days ago at the Florida Theater. Uh, got Green Day coming up. Green Day with Fallout Boy and Weezer on July 31st, 2021 at 5.30 p.m. at the TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. Also Motley Crue and Def Leppard with Poison at uh, TIAA Bank Field uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th in Jacksonville, Florida at 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon. A lot of, uh, you know, certainly a lot of uh, musical acts on this show. It'll start at 4.30, head into the evening, and throughout Saturday night, August the 7th at uh, TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th of 2021. In Jacksonville, Florida, starting at 5.30 p.m., Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Poison at the TIA Bank Field here in Jacksonville, Florida, on Saturday, August the 7th of 2021. In Jacksonville, Florida, at 4.30 p.m., check with the uh, the regular ticket outlets online or at the uh, at the box office, if you will. Elton John next year in Jacksonville. Elton John and the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour. That's Elton John and the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. A cool thing about the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, for the Sharks game this Saturday night, June the 12th, they will be back at full 100% uh, capacity. 
So you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to check in with Alex Nunry. Let's check on Alex and some of his um, his latest reports and, and interviews. Alex Nunry, who does reports and interviews on the Teal Shirt Report podcast for us. And he's a, of course, uh, Alex Nunry's a Big J Report uh, com sports reporter as well. Let's check in with Alex Nunry and see what Alex has for us today. Congrats to the South Alabama Jaguars baseball team on a terrific run in the Gainesville Regional. The Jaguars are two and one in the Gainesville Regional. Their only loss was to Miami on Friday. The Jaguars. They defeated Florida 19-1 on Saturday and ended Miami's season on Sunday. Congrats also to the USF Bulls baseball team. The Bulls defeated Miami and Florida. They defeated Florida on Friday and Miami on Saturday. Hey, thank you for that uh, report. Alex Nunnery was in Gainesville uh, most of the weekend. I think Alex was at the tournament the last two days. Florida went down to defeat against South Florida and South Alabama in the double elimination tournament. Um, and then the other teams in the tournament went down too, and it was kind of a surprise. South Alabama, you know, ousted the three other teams in the tournament and the regionals in Gainesville, Florida, at that new uh, at the new baseball stadium in Gainesville. And uh, South Alabama came out of nowhere to win that whole thing, didn't they? South Alabama Jaguars. So Alex was there. We'll be giving you more of um, Alex's um, insights from that tournament. I mean, Florida went down quick. They lost to they lost to South Florida five to three. The Gators then uh, proceeded to lose to South Alabama nineteen to one, and. It was about over with after the sixth inning. Uh, South Alabama put up a 10-run spot in the sixth inning to win that game 19-1 to over Florida. And South Alabama advanced further into the NCAA baseball tournament as they uh, they won that, uh, that regional tournament in Gainesville, Florida, you know, over some pretty good teams, Florida, uh, South Florida, and uh, who else was in that uh, regional? I guess Miami was too. So – Pretty good baseball uh, between all those uh, teams in the Gainesville Regional. And uh, Florida Gators went packing quick. They had another great, outstanding baseball season. But when it came to the regionals, you know, Florida uh, Florida really came up short uh, in the regionals. Um, college baseball uh, 2021. So Alex was there. Alex, um, unfortunately, saw that. That big, you know, that big uh, blowout in which uh, in which South Alabama blew the Florida Gators off the field, actually nineteen to one. Um, and again, let's see, Miami, the Miami Hurricanes were part of the regional too, but South Alabama won the whole thing. Congratulations um, to the South Alabama Jaguars. Um, some, some pretty good baseball, Miami, of course, um, in the regional too, but South Alabama won the whole thing over Miami, 
South Florida and the Florida Gators. So you have to tip your hat to the South Alabama Jaguars. I believe they're from South Alabama Jaguars are from Mobile, Alabama, and they were the Jaguars even long before the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, were the Jaguars. That is a look at our, uh, that is a complete uh, look at our podcast today, the Till Shirt Report uh, podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest way to make a podcast, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Saucer Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. And they have rock Saturdays and a lot of great music at LakeUfallahits.com. So again, thanks to our sponsors, Anchor.fm. Saw Serenity in North Florida, LakeUfallahits.com. And remember, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. This has been uh, episode show number 34 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Our producers are JC. That's right. Our producers are Alex Nunnery and JC. Alex Nunnery, our BigJReport.com sports reporter, and JC, our freelance uh, writer with BigJReport.com. And they're also producers of our teal shirt report podcast. So again, thank you for listening to episode show number 34. I want to thank the folks that have sent voice messages in like Southern steam defensive lineman, uh, George Bowen, and also Alex Nunnery as well with his, his reports, uh, here on the teal shirt report podcast, getting a lot of good comments on uh, Alex Nunnery's reports and interviews, uh, during our teal shirt report podcast. So, you can listen to previous episodes, too, to hear even more reports from Alex and interviews as well. A lot of good high school baseball players in the North Florida and surrounding area that have been interviewed with um, Alex Nunry on past episodes of our Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, we, we cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. Indoor football, we're on that. Outdoor football. Uh, high school baseball, high school sports in general, and of course uh, the SEC Florida Gator uh, sports and the Southeastern Conference, and especially we're mainly here to cover the Jacksonville Jaguars and the latest with uh, new head football coach Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank you for listening to our Till Shirt Report podcast, the uh, Till Shirt Report podcast episode 34 in the can now, and again, thank you for listening. Uh, to episode number 34 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, our producers, Alex Nunnery and also JC. Have a great day. I'm out. My name is Scott. Join us again for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And remember, uh, hit that support button uh, to support the podcast. If you want to send me a message, hit the message button, and you can leave up to, I believe, a one-minute message or less. And uh, we'll get you right here on the podcast as well. This is Scott. You have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon.